top films of 2019. Can you guys and gals believe it? It is New Year's Eve of 2019. We only have a few more hours of the decade. And we've already made our list for the best of 2019. And we are ready to bring it to the forefront. I was actually trying to record this a little bit earlier in the uh, month. But this month has absolutely flown by. There's been tons of amazing TV, movies, media, not only in the last month, last couple weeks have been phenomenal. Um, overall, as a year, I think the majority of 2019 has had some powerhouse films, maybe one or two or some of the best of the decade. That best of the decade review of movies will be coming down the pipe here in a couple days or maybe a week or two. We just got to make sure we have everything. Um, but today we are discussing top films of 2019, and so these are the top films of 2019 by my accord, my you know my opinion only. If you know you don't agree, you don't have to go all crazy nuts about it. This is strictly opinion based and based on the movies that I've seen. So there's you know a large swath of movies that I have not seen that I've heard good things about, such as The Farewell. Um, so let's get to it. I'm kind of being pushed for time, so, uh, let's get down to it. Number 10, El Camino. El Camino was the follow-up to the Breaking Bad saga. Um, I think it was a total of five seasons, and this is the capper on that. Um, it's the roundup that, uh, closes much-needed uh, story beats that were kind of left open at the end of Breaking Bad or um, abruptly. Many people think that the ending of Breaking Bad in some accords was abrupt on the storylines of some of the characters we love the most. And El Camino was what uh, filled in the gaps for that. Number nine, Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems is the Safdie brothers coming back from their amazing hit Good Time, bringing Adam Sandler along with them as a fast-talking, high-stakes, rolling, addicted-ass gambler and jeweler. And I really enjoy Uncut Gems mostly for the direction and uh, the cinematic style. The music, the soundtrack is amazing. Uh, pretty much every... Every film on this um, list has some amazing visuals. Um, El Camino had some amazing cinematography as well. But Uncut Gems brings a different style of cinematography and a different style of storytelling that I thought was unique to this year that deserved a place on this list. Number eight, Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit is one of those films that kind of hopped out of nowhere. <laughs> it brought some amazing performances from some young actors that I had never heard of before. Um, let me see if I can find them. Um, it had Taika Waititi as the director and a very carefully articulated character of a satirical Hitler. And, uh, you know, being Jewish, being being raised Jewish, 
um, it did not personally offend me. Now, I do sometimes have a gripe with, you know, the satirical Hitler going a little bit too far or to a point where I didn't think it was funny. Um, I don't think this interpretation is that. Um, I think the performances on all fronts from uh, the young young new actor Roman Griffin Davis to Thompson McKenzie to even major players such as Scarlett Johansson, I thought all of them across the board were uh, very impressive. And Scarlett Johansson, once again, is delivering some of her best work of the year. Just watched Under the Skin, and they need to do a review of that. But that was that was quite impressive for some of uh, stuff that came out earlier in the 2010s or 2013, technically. Um, after this, we have another Scarlett Johansson feature, um, number seven, Endgame. Now everybody's talked about Endgame. I'm not gonna go through and explain why this is one of the biggest cinematic achievements of all time 12 or 20 movies with some of the world's best actors and bringing actors we have un we're, that were previously unknown to the forefront and washed up actors and making them you know fresh again and uh, making some of the most powerful uh iconic figures in all of cinema and that is you know avengers endgame and the fact that they are able to have such a cohesive vision unlike some other franchises that have recently been released um that i think what was it maybe around 2006 or maybe a couple movies before then but around then it, it was less than a 20-year endeavor and they were able to complete it and it absolutely deserves a place um on the list of the top of 2019 Number six, Booksmart. Booksmart was a movie that I was completely unprepared for. I, you know, I don't like watching trailers normally, uh, specifically because uh, I always feel like they're going to show some of the best parts or you know spoil the third act or something like that. So I had no idea what Booksmart was about to be. All I knew is that Olivia Wilde, the actress, was going to um, be making her directorial debut behind the camera, and I was blown away. I was absolutely blown away by Booksmart from the directing standpoint to the acting standpoint to the, the just having a good time. I will say that this was one of the first movies I wanted to immediately go back and rewatch. I mean, uh, Endgame came out before, so I think I was rewatching that a little bit before, but... Um, I don't like really watching rewatching re movies, but these were characters in Booksmart that I I wanted to hang out with again, and that's a lot of the time that I, when I'm thinking about characters and movies and stuff like that, or storylines, or you know just movies I enjoy in general. Why do I want to re go back and revisit them? And it's be even if we know it's going to be a bad, you know. Uh, a sad ending or a, a rough ending, or we know it's not going to end in the way that is going to be a happy ending. Why do we go back and, you know, look at these things? Because I, I really do think we enjoy the time that we get with these people, or these characters. I think this was Olivia Wilde's directorial debut. Let me confirm that real quick. Um, director? Yeah, I. she has done some 
Red Hot Chili Peppers uh, music videos. But other than that, that was her directorial debut, and that was absolutely phenomenal. You you need to see Booksmart. Um, also, number five, The Joker. Joaquin Phoenix brought in one of the most memorable performances and most memefied performances of 2019, bringing out Todd Phillips, the previous uh, directors of uh, the director of the trilogy of the Hangovers, bringing out the Joker, this uh, dramatic, uh, dark. I guess I wouldn't even call it a comedy at all. It was it was just a kind of a drama thriller. So bringing in one of the best performances as the Joker definitely solidifies his spot as number five. Um, along with the direction, Todd Phillips really impressed me with uh, his visual style, although I will say it does heat very heavily on the Scorsese-ness of it. Um, still thought it deserved number five on the, the list. Number four, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. This was a movie I couldn't get enough of. This was uh, another movie that I watched over the summer. I was uh, really busy during the summer, so going back and re-watching stuff was, was difficult. But Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it solidified its spot at number four mostly because the performances between Leo and Brad and kind of coming to a realization of being older actors is... Is, is fun to watch, especially with the visual style of Quentin Tarantino bringing, you know, some of his best music and uh, best writing and his, you know, it's just him firing on all cylinders. The problem for a lot of people with uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is that um, it the plot is very, some would call thin and maybe underserves Margot Robbie's character in some parts. Um I'm, I won't fault anyone for that. I do think that just the visuals of it and the cinematic style of it is just enjoyable enough that it, it deserves a spot right there. Um, and some straight-up memorable scenes from it. My goodness. I mean, all of these movies have some, some of the best scenes of the, of the year. Marriage Story. Marriage Story came out way late in the year. Noah Baumbach apparently had had a relationship with Greta Gerwig that was somewhat reflected in this movie. And I was completely unaware about it during the review. So going back and rewatching it, I've seen Marriage Story twice now. And I've tried to, you know, tell everyone I know about it because the performances between these two are. Uh, magnetic I mean absolute chemistry from top to bottom and it's not the type of chemistry you normally think of normally you think of chemistry between people as uh, strictly sexual but I think the chemistry between Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson in as these characters are just real and I remember the first time watching it I was you know almost you know, I, I was in tears and, you know, rewatching it, it broke me down again. And it's one of those movies that even though, like I was saying earlier, that it may not end in the place that you want it. It's one of those movies that you enjoy just being with and soaking in the time that with these people in the direction and the story. Dr. Sleep, number two. Or number two, Dr. Sleep. <laughs> 
Um, Doctor Sleep was a movie that I was kind of slowly anticipating. Nothing that I thought I was going to be blown away about. Not certainly that was going to make top of the year list. Like, I thought it was just going to be an, an enjoyable E1 McGregor movie. And what I ended up getting was a fascinating action thriller adventure that happened to be a sequel to one of the most iconic horror movies of all time. And to be able to successfully stick the landing, for me personally, I think, and I think a lot of people other, uh, agree as well that they landed it, um, that's quite remarkable. Um, over 40 years, um, trying to come back with this is very impressive. And so the visual, directual, cinematic style of Mike Flanagan coming off of the Hill House on Netflix is extremely impressive. I am more and more impressed with what Mike Flanagan is bringing to the table as a director. Ever since I've uh, I've heard of Gerald's Game, I have not watched it, but... Uh, I've heard, I saw great, I did see Hill House, we covered it, and I thought that was a, you know, wonderful, um, I think that was an adaptation, but, uh, I need to keep my eye on Flanagan after watching Doctor Sleep, because my goodness, it just blew me away, top to bottom. Um, number one of 2019 is Parasite. So, like I've said throughout the entire time we've been talking of the top films of 2019, I've already once stated that I don't like watching trailers, and I don't like finding out as much as I can about movies before going in. I may be like knowing the director or maybe a person here or there that's in it, but nothing else. Because if I know that I'm interested in the movie, I'm going to watch it anyway. You don't have to sell me. So how can I sell to you one of the most fascinating movies of the year without talking about pretty much anything that it's about? Because one of the most f the, the fun things about Bong Joon-ho's movie Parasite is the fascination of watching the plot unravel. And I think that's what I've noticed about last year's uh, of my uh, top movies of 2018. Uh, Bad Times at El Royale had a plot that was unraveling um, ever so sweetly, and I loved how it was doing it. And I feel like this movie kind of gives me that same gratification. I'm not saying that they're the same movie by any any stance, but the way that the 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 movie is giving you all of these things to have questions about, you know, it's like, what, what is this? What's going on there? Who are they? What's going on? What, you know, why are they doing that? That type of, that type of thing. Um, and everything is explained. And I think the directorial style of this movie feels so meticulous and so spot on when it comes to the storytelling and when it comes to, the messaging. I absolutely felt for the characters in this movie 
almost unlike any characters I felt like on the list. Um, of course, I I love some characters in the majority of the films of 2019, but I feel like all of the characters in this movie Parasite feel real, and it feels organic and natural. So, how can I describe this movie without giving any plot synopsis away? Well, I'll just tell you that if you've seen any of Bong Joon-ho's other movies, uh, you'll know that this is right up there with some of his best. I mean, you know, some people know him from The Host, some people know him from Okja, other people know him from Snowpiercer, and then I think he also has a couple other movies that are kind of hard to find. Let me see if I can find them. Um, what is it? Memories of a Murderer. I heard that's really good as well, but... All those movies directed and written by Bong Joon-ho, he's always got a cinematic style that fits. I didn't see Okja, but I I definitely want to after this. And I also want to check out um, Memories of a Murder. So, I really don't want to talk about Parasite that much, uh, mostly because I just want you to watch it. If the only caveat I will say is... Uh, Maybe it's, a, it's not a it's not a big family film that you bring, you know, grandma, grandpa, the young cousins, the three and four year old cousins. It's not like gather around like that. It's more like, you know, if <laughs> if you're a certain age, grab grab a glass of wine. If you are with your folks around the holidays or something like that, uh, bring them. I think they'll find it fascinating too. I wouldn't say it's like for kids if you got, you know, a light heart or if you don't like, I don't know, unraveling of mysteries. If your dad is just like, or your mom or whoever is like, I just want to watch war films and shit like that. It's like, that's not, it's not, it's not cheesy. It's not campy. In my opinion, I think this movie hits on all cylinders and you can go back and check out the review for that if you want to hear a little bit more in depth about it but please do your best to check out Parasite by Bong Joon-ho 2019 and that does it for the best top films on my list on for 2019 I do have a couple of uh, films that I wanted to mention as honorable mentions Us by Jordan Peele I thought that was a really high bar endeavor to hit for us and it was pretty damn uh pretty damn difficult but i will say i really enjoyed us it didn't quite crack my top 10 midsummer or some some are midsummer uh ari aster's new movie this year i think was actually one of the best looking films most visually stunning scariest uh, all like ninety percent in daylight. Uh, very well done. I will say, me, the I think it was the messaging that kind of was a little bit muddled for me. Midsummer. Oh wait, sorry, Midsummer. Rocket Man. I actually really liked Rocket Man. Rocket Man and uh. Rocket Man was one of 
my top films of the year. It kind of got bumped out towards the end once these newer movies came out. But the performance uh, of, what is his name? God, what is his name? Uh, give me two seconds. Okay, let me see. George, it's not Jordan, is it? Taron. It's a hard name to remember. Taron. Okay, so the performance of Taron Edgerton as Elton John was tremendous. And the costume design alone deserved some sort of recognition. And I really enjoyed the fantastical elements of Rocket Man. It did everything Bohemian Rhapsody did not. Um, John Wick 3. John Wick is known for, you know, bringing some of the best action and bringing one of the coolest action franchises in the late uh, 2000 uh, or late 2010s or whatever this time period is called in the last 10 years. In the last decade, John Wick has been some of the most coolest action, most full fuel thrilled action we've ever seen. And John Wick 3 is another another one that brings the heat. It does not disappoint. And I originally had it in the top 10, but once again, some of the other movies topped it out with some of the performances. Um, the action alone is worth seeing this movie, but I would, I think I would recommend going back to check out the 1 and 2. I know 2 dips a tad bit in quality, but it's still got this cinematic visual style that I really enjoy. So I would still go back and rewatch them all. The Lighthouse. That was one of the movies that I was most anticipating this year and it was originally in you know the list as well kind of got bumped out towards the end mostly because of the messaging that I felt was a tad bit muddled but overall the cinematic style the acting is out of this world I thought Willem Dafoe Robert Pattinson I could watch probably 10 hours of this I was enthralled with this movie Good Boys. Good Boys was one of the funniest comedies I saw of 2019. And mostly because the plot was more of a television-esque style plot. It didn't feel that, you know, major. It did not land a little bit higher on my list. However, the the young performers that are in this movie are phenomenal to watch and had me rolling every time. Every every time. Uh and the Homecoming documentary, I kind of forgot this came out this year. This was the Beyonce documentary that was featuring uh, some of, I think it was her former college and kind of showing a little bit of the represent representation of black culture. And it had two performances over two, two weekends that were simultaneously edited together, which is really a feat to watch. I thought that was actually one of the coolest things. I mean, Beyonce is a phenomenal performer and um, this documentary was one of my favorites to watch from a visual standpoint. So 2019, what a year. I mean, what, a, what, what can we say? I mean, personally, I felt like I have grown five years in this 2019 year. And um, you know, sometimes I see, you know, oh, this year has been the worst. Oh, this year has been this. Oh, this year has been that. You know what? If you're listening to this, I don't think your year could have been that bad. And if it was, hopefully you can make 2020 10, 20 times better. How about that? How about that? I would say just, you know, 
any advice I would give myself or if I could give anybody else advice or if anyone could give me advice. Uh, that's not how this podcast works, but you know what? You can leave a comment below if you got some. Uh, I really set out a goal to be productive in some of the small stuff, such as my uh, personal stuff, my real estate, my business. Uh, I run a digital media company, and all of it together has has been a lot, including you know podcasting. I, I know I podcasted over a hundred different. Uh, different types of television, movies, or media of some sort just this year alone. And I couldn't say enough how thankful I am for, you know, everyone that listens, everyone that supports, all the ratings, all the subscriptions, all the comments, all the critiques. We couldn't do it without you. We could not improve without you, you know? I mean, we're pretty much at, you know, at the will of your feet. I mean, we are doing this so... Or I'm I'm specifically running this podcast so that you can have some sort of entertainment, some sort of substantial supplement that goes along with um, whatever media you're watching. And I I noticed myself watching so much television, so much movies, two or three years ago, and I was like, I would feel so much better if I could write this down or recite it or tell people about it. And I just learned that podcasting was some of the most affordable for me personally. And, you know, there's there's no time limit. You know, I can talk all night. And uh, not that, you know, you would want to listen to that. But um, if y'all have an idea, I would, I would totally recommend getting into some sort of uh, recording or shooting of some sort. Because, I mean... Just think about the hours that you put into it alone. So you might as well, you know, kind of record it of some sort. And I just find myself going through so much digital media these days that it's hard to retain everything. But to have a nice conversation is uh, cathartic. And it's it's fun. And you get way more out of your entertainment by, um, by doing that. So absolutely. Check out all the Lucky Dog podcasts. On SoundCloud, you'll get the full library there. If you're feeling generous, please donate at paypal.me slash the podcast. We keep the lights on because of the support and donations you provide us. And for all social media links, be sure to check in the description. Email podcast at gmail.com. Twitter at Luckadog Podcast. Facebook, link below. Twitch, link below. Instagram, link below. YouTube, link below. Thank you for listening, watching, whatever you're doing with Luckadog Podcast. Thank you. Couldn't do it without you. I hope everyone has a happy and healthy and safe New Year. Happy 2020. Let's make it a good one. Thank you all. And take it easy. Why did that sound like a presidential speech or something like that? I don't. I, <laughs> I don't. I don't know why I, I had to get so <laughs> so official at the end. I, I just oh, whatever. <laughs> Y'all have fun. All right. Take it easy.